This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and today I have a return guest, my good friend, Jer Ronan from Yankee Home Improvements. Welcome, Jer. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Yep. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Just to give everybody a little bit of context. So we are recording this on May 8th. And, you know, the last seven or eight weeks has been very interesting, to say the least. You will be hearing this later. And I thought that, you know, it's actually funny. I'll, I'll give you guys a little behind the scenes. This was actually recorded or was scheduled for what, like three weeks ago, Jer? Three or four yes. weeks ago. And me and Jer got on the phone or on the, 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 the recording and Jer was not in the best of moods, and quite frankly, neither was I. And we thought, yeah, this is probably not a great time for us to record a podcast. And so, you know, we've been we've been in touch, and both I just of us didn't are, want to talk about doom and gloom. Yeah, we didn't want to talk about doom and gloom. That's right. So I went to the next person that was in a better mood, and so now we're back with Jer. Things actually did not turn out so bad for you, did they? Tell us a little bit about what's uh, what's been going on during the plague for you. Well, during the plague, I love that word. Yeah, we we are doing good. We're breaking all kinds of records. And last week we did a half, almost half a million. Week before that, same thing, um, which is huge for us. So huge for anybody. I I don't know I don't know what it is, Brian, but but people are not getting multiple estimates. You show up, and we're doing a few virtuals, but. 80% of it, 90% of it is in home. You show up on time, you look good, you offer them a solution and things are going good. Uh, we, we tweaked our marketing, let our marketing manager go that had been here a long time. And that marketing manager was focused on creating leads from sweepstakes, from Facebook, from stuff like that. So, I'd gotten tired of that because I'm tough, part of tough it. leads to make. Yes, tough you know, leads from to make. interest of ten percent and trying to get them to hundred percent right. hard with a nebulous lead. So I, I'm part of a mastermind group, and other people are using inbound leads. And people are coming to them, and and we 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 basically ripped the bandaid off, and changed personnel, and. Brian, I got to tell you, it was like the light switch went off. Attitudes went up. Salespeople were happy. Marketers were happy. We moved to TV, radio, newspaper, PFP. And it was phenomenal. And yeah. no going back. Yeah, inbound inbound leads, if you know how to handle them properly, which I know you do, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about on this episode is fundamentals. You do it, it, Look, the other way, too, you can make leads the other way. It's just a lot harder. Yeah. And and I think what happens with those leads and I because I've done those programs for clients before. And um, what's nice about them is you get a whole lot of people raising their hands. Tons and tons of data. And it's cheap. Yes. Right. Yes. You can get a sweepstakes entry cheap. But then you then the real work starts. And like you said, you got to you got to try and convince 10 percent of those people. Yeah. That, hey, you know, let us come out to your house and try and sell you something. And, you know, it, it works, but it's but doing a smart 
well done, direct response, TV, radio, print, you know, past customer, all of that. That's that's going to be a much better, much better lead. We actually cut the umbilical cord of Home Advisor. Do you know how happy I am, Brian, really? to cut that wow. cord? Oh, such a relief. Well, but look, so Home Advisor is actually a, a client of ours and a sponsor of our events. And okay. you lived off of Home Advisor for a very long time. Yes, I did. Yeah. So if you are not as, and, and don't take this the wrong way to the listener, but if you're not as sophisticated a marketer as, as like Jer is, Home Advisor is a great lead source as long as, as long as you follow the rules and do things the way that uh, they are supposed to be done. And it could be a very good lead source for you. It helped build your business, didn't it? Got me to 5 million. Yeah, that's awesome. But what gets you to five is not what's going to get you to 10. And, you know, and so, all right. So, so you and I, we've known each other for a long time. We met, I, I still remember where I met you at a, a, Larry Pauly Starmark event in Atlantic oh, yeah. City in like 2011, I think. Yeah. And I have seen you like a rocket ship grow your business, then hit some really rough patches. Turbulence. Then go kind of up and down. Yep. And over the last few years, you have really come into understanding this business in a way like I've not seen before. I mean, you, you're an incredible salesperson. You're an incredible with customer service and customer experience. And, but what you really, I think where you really started to really start to grow the business and really start to impact your profitability and all of that was when you, you really understood the fundamentals of this business. And I was, I was telling, we, me and Jer were talking for probably 45 minutes before we turned on the recording. And Jer came to um, a small group workshop that I did recently on customer experience. And, you know, we always, during the breaks and stuff, people are always asking questions about things other than customer experience. And what's funny is Jer was the guy in that group that was the, the one with the answers. And, and, and in a good way, it's like, hey, look, here's how the numbers work in this business. You know, we were talking, just as an example, you know, how many leads do you issue a day to a salesperson? What's the number? Whether you, it's, you want to do two, possibly three, but mostly two. That's mostly it. two, right? That's a fundamental in this business. Two leads. And do you let the salesperson control that lead? Do you let them schedule the lead? Absolutely never. Never. Right. Never. And there were people in that room that were doing, you know, millions of dollars in sales that would give their people four leads a day, five leads a day. They would let them set the appointment. And you and I are both looking at each other like, are you nuts? And then, and then, so here's the worst part, all that work, all that effort, all that energy. And then you ask them, well, how much money are you making? And what do they almost always tell you? They go back to sales, sales, sales. Right. And it's, uh, well, it'll be next year. We'll make money next year. That's right. We'll make money. Oh, that's a great one. Isn't yeah. it, Jared? No. We'll make money next year. Well, what about today? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, follow the damn fundamentals of the yeah. business. This so, is a Jim uh, Rome quote about, and I was trying to look it up as we were talking, but I couldn't find it, but I'll paraphrase it. 
about in order to do anything right, you have to do it wrong many times. Yeah. We did it wrong many times. But you know, though, Jer, I think that one of the things that, that, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people on here and we've all made a lot of mistakes, but what uh, you don't, um, when you make the mistake and then you see somebody that's uh, like, you know, in your position or in like, a, you know, any, any number of people, that you and I can point to. And they say, no, we don't issue a salesperson more than two leads a day. And we're doing well, we're making money, the business is running. Don't you think that, hey, maybe I should listen to that? Maybe I should listen to what this other person is saying, who's in the exact same business that I am and is obviously making you know, multiples of profit that I'm making. Shouldn't I maybe listen to what they say? Maybe I should test it. Maybe I should try it. And it, it blows my mind how people just kind of get stuck in, and this is part of the things that part of one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast is I, part of me thinks, well, if they hear it enough times, you know, maybe they'll start they'll doing figure it. it out. Yeah. I think the, the thing is that they didn't figure out the secret of success. And I will tell you, you know, my story, you know, I came to America with 80 bucks in my pocket. Yeah, but I came across an individual once that taught me exactly what you're going, what you're, what you're alluding to. He was a speaker in a network marketing uh, group, and he was flying in on his private jet, Challenger jet, which is a step above a Lear. And I was tasked with picking him up from the airport, Bradley Flight Support Systems. It's a, it's the private airport behind Bradley down in Connecticut. So this was prior to 9/11, and I'm on the tarmac watching this guy's jet come in. He's got his name painted on the side. And when he came out, he asked me, did you ever, ever been inside a jet? And I'm like, hell no. He said, would you like to go? Hell yeah. So um, I'm sitting in there and I asked him, Don was his name. And I said, Don, how did you do this? And he said, I figured out the secret of success. And I said, would you care to share with me the secret of success? And he said, oh, it's not a secret. I said, what, what do you mean? This, it's not a secret. He said, well, anybody that's been successful, whether it's network marketing or sales or sports or religion or politics or whatever, they all have one thing, one thing only in common. And he's pausing and I'm like, well, could you share it with me? He said, well, success is not a secret. They all shared how they became successful. So I'm like, well, what do you mean? He said, well, if you want to be successful in anything, find somebody that's already successful in that endeavor and replicate them. So I'm kind of disappointed when I hear this, this from this guy, but I'm sitting in a jet and it's this beautiful, lazy boy swiveling around. So I'm listening, I'm hanging on this every word this guy's saying, right? So I said, Don, if it's that easy, everybody would be successful. And he said, well, you know what? You're half right and I'll prove it to you tonight. I said, okay. So I get him to the meeting that evening. There's 300 people there and it's a, it's, it's, it's a great meeting. And after the meeting, we go to Rennie's Deli afterwards for coffee, right? And I'm sitting in the booth with him. I'm introducing the people in my group. And when you know network marketing, you know how, what, what your group is. And he turns to me after, he says, remember what you said in, in, the, in the plane this morning about everybody um, not, they have access to this information, but they won't use it. And I said, yeah, I remember that. I said, you know, I'm sitting across the table from your nice people in your group, single guys, single girls, husband and wife. And not one of them asked me how I became successful. All of them asked me what my opinion was on what they were doing. And at the time, the internet was getting pretty big. A lot of them asked, hey, Don, what about a website? What about this? He said, I've spent just getting here. He, he lived in Salt Lake City. 
just in jet fuel alone, in the in the in the um, pay for my for the pilot, I spent just getting here more than they make an entire year, and not one of them asked me how did I become successful. So I'm I'm starting he's starting to sink in on what he's saying. He said, "Now is your paradigm changing?" And I said, "So you know, explain to me what you mean by paradigm shifting." And he said, well, I said, I want you to imagine that you're in a railway carriage and you're the only person in this railway carriage and you're reading your favorite book. In my case, it would be The Fountain. So he said, you're reading your favorite book. You're the only person in the railway carriage. The train comes to a stop and in walks a father with three kids under four. And they're making all kinds of noise. And they've got the whole carriage to sit in, but they sit right across the aisle from you. You're like, oh, son of a gun. So you look in the carriage above, you see there's people. You look in the carriage behind, you see there's people. So you decide that you're going to try and shut them out and read the book as the train takes off. Kids get louder and louder and louder. You get angrier and angrier and angrier. A ball hits you on the head from these kids, the play. So you pick the ball up, you go over to the guy, and you're going to politely tell him, you know, you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know yelling at him is not going to do anything. So you're going to politely say, you know, I'm trying to read my book. You mind controlling your kids. So you're just about to open your mouth to say these words. And you look, you make eye contact. The guy's eyes are all red. He's been crying. And you go, oh, I'm sorry. You know, what's wrong? And he tells you his wife just died in a car accident that morning. Hasn't had the heart to tell the kids. They wouldn't understand. He's just bringing them home to feed them. Do you mention the book? In a split second, you go from anger to compassion based on new information. That guy that night, what he did was he basically did brain surgery on my head. And he basically taught me when you're an immigrant, you tend to, you listen to what other people are going to say, especially somebody in a jet. And he basically taught me the secret of success, which was replicate people that are more successful than you and listen to them, not Hey, Brian, what do you think of this? And when I was in that marketing group, it was kind of frustrating. I got to tell you, because I know you for a long time. There is people in that room that you can drastically change their livelihood, drastically, and their kids' livelihood, and probably their kids' kids' livelihood, if they just shut the F up and listen to you. But you have, and so when, when there was a person from Canada, I think they're saying, you know, Brian, we, we let our salespeople schedule the appointments. And I'm like, what? What? What do you think about that, Brian? And I, I felt like yelling at the top of my voice, going, can you shut the app up and just ask Brian how to be successful? And I don't know what it is, but you're absolutely right. And I fall, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But when, when, when that person spent that time with me, and he, I've never seen him, met him again, but he spent literally a, a business company for maybe 30 minutes. That 30 minutes had a profound effect on my life. And from that point on, I've always tried to get around people that were more successful than me. You know, you know now I'm in a mastermind group with another 11 companies that are bigger than me. And I shut up and I ask him, how did you become successful? It, it's a simple, simple, very simple strategy, Brian, but you're right. A lot of people just don't get it. You, you know, can I say something? I, I, um, I love that story, by the way. I've heard you tell that story. I, the only, the detail that I missed before, and I'm not sure if you said it, was that the guy's name was actually like painted on the jet. 
Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Oh, yeah. We, we, me and actually John Anglis, who you know, we told that story up in Boston to a group of people. And, and one of them, uh, in the, you know, wise guy and sales guy said, how'd you know it was his jet? And I'm like, well, his name was painted on the That's side, right. for Christ's sakes. And then the guy says, well, it could have been magnets. And I'm yeah. like... I don't know if magnets are going to work at 30,000 feet. So one of of the things that, one of the first things that you said to me was, and I'd never heard anybody else say it, and I loved it. You said, I'd rather be rich than be right. And what's interesting about that is it's 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 an incredible mindset for success because it's most people have such a need to be right that it gets in the way of them moving forward, of them getting whatever it is that they want in life, whether it's money or more time or more, whatever it is. I, and I always thought, I, I always held on to that. And I thought, damn, that is so good. And that taught me something. And I think I, at that point, was probably close to getting over the the need to be right but it does still come up it's like i gotta sometimes hold myself back and it's like you know i don't need to be right let me listen the other interesting thing and 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 look everybody that's listening i say this all the time success leaves clues and so jer was just talking about a whole bunch of clues that somebody left for him and 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 that's kind of what this conversation is all about the other thing that jer said was that everybody else in this group is bigger than he is. And what did you say to me earlier about that? It's by design. <laughs> it's by, he loves it. Great people and, you know, absolutely great people. Because and... you can't stay, you can't stay. If you're the, this is the, the you know, it's so funny. It's like, I don't ever want to be the smartest person in exactly. the room. Exactly. I want to be in a room of smart people. And there's a lot of people that are in business that want to be the smartest person in the room. Typically, typically, they're not as successful as they could be, just because they're not listening. They're not paying attention. They like to hear themselves more than others. In our conference room and in our training room, we have in large letters, and transferred on the wall, this, was, this came from my mentor, Joe Tolman, seek to understand before you're understood. And yeah. I want that driven. It's actually in our core values to listen. 
And it, every member of, we actually got this at that conference that we were at with you. You showed us the little Ritz-Carlton thing that yeah. all of the employees have this in their pocket. So we have what's called the Yankee yardstick. We have this typed up. We actually, this is something we don't during the pandemic. And this is something that they're going to have in their pockets. And part of it will be the core values, which are one of the four is, is, is seek to understand before you're understood. People generally have it backwards. They want people to understand them. And yeah. they feel that if they can only understand that, and they've got it totally the wrong way around, totally the wrong way around. People think they know how to listen. They actually don't know. Let me ask you something. That car, your, so did you just say that your people are going to be carrying around a card like the Ritz-Carlton people it do? It folds out into four four different ones. We got that from you, Brian. See, I did. Okay, it was, so it look, worth so my while going. It's, that's, it's not about me. But So I've done that workshop, I don't know how many times, with how many people. Okay. It should not surprise me that the guy that, by the way, Jer could have taught that class like I could have. Okay. But he sat there, he sat in that meeting and of all of the people that have been through that thing, it, how good a flipping idea is that? I basically, in this workshop, I give everybody all of Ritz Carlton's stuff. Ritz Carlton's stuff is so well done. All you have to do is literally change a few words around and you've got core values. You've got gold, what they call their, their, uh, their gold standards. You've got a company motto. You've got it all. All you have to do is change a few words around. And, and what's interesting is that in, how do you get your team to buy into something like that? You get them to buy in by making it important to you and making it a big deal. And by actually laminating cards and saying to them, okay, from now on here, look, this is so important that you're going to carry it in your pocket, just like they do at the Ritz-Carlton. How many people will go and do that? I haven't gotten one report back from anybody except right now that somebody <laughs> actually went and did that. But I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm just emailing you over the copy for it. Yeah, when please, it's printed I up, it's at the printers now, I will, I will get you a hard copy please. of it what we wanted to get across was that you had told me that the Ritz Carlton allows its employees to spend, I think it was 2000 bucks to make a customer happy. So we wanted to make sure that number one, they knew all the four core values that they knew that you have the ability to spend $200 in the field to make a client happy without a manager's approval or $50 over the phone. And I wanted them to know the company story that in our case, I had a $2,500 roofing deposit stolen from me and that was the impetus to start Yankee Home and that's now we have what's called a fleece protection promise. The $80 America coming to America with 80 bucks in my pocket we now call ourselves a thank you America company. I want every employee and sub to know that we're a different kind of company. Yeah. And I want them to know that and, and I got that from that workshop. So. Yeah. By the way you can't tell from Jer's accent because he lives now in Massachusetts and it's rubbed off on him. But Jerry's yeah. originally from Dublin. Dublin. Did I say it right? Yep, you said it right. Dublin. Dublin. By the way, lately, uh, lately, like the last year or two, I've uh, really been enjoying Irish whiskey. Have you not? More so lately, you Good know, you. since what's going on. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Um, I like the I like um, Jameson cask mates. 
that's a new that's a relatively new uh, it's variety smooth. Yes. it's much like smoother that. than the regular i like yeah. the old jameson too let me i, I want to ask you something about about money specifically because last year and you don't have to share the numbers and quite frankly the numbers are are kind of irrelevant because it doesn't matter but i know just from our conversations what you used to make as a salesperson and you were one of the highest paid salespeople probably in the country but as a salesperson look you can make a very good a very good living but last year you paid off debt that was double the amount of money that you used to make in a single year just to give people context right so the amount that and and debt service that jer paid was after he paid all of his living expenses and and whatever other monies he is going to spend and redid his house and whatever the amount of money that you retired in debt last year was double what you used to make my question to you is and i know that over the over the years your income has grown and grown and grown and grown and you're probably four times what you used to make, which was kind of everybody has their comfort zone. How did you, how did you break out of that? How did you go from the mindset of, you know, income A to now 4X of that income? A couple of things. One of them is, you, you know, and I've said this to you before, the best part about making money is the ability to give money away. And I, I can't tell you that the amount of time, amount of endeavors that I'm in when you actually give back, it comes back tenfold. It just does. I don't, don't ask me how it happens. I don't know how it happens. But that was huge for me, was that when you come from nothing, and you know I, I've lived in a car for six months when I came to America first. I was homeless for quite a bit. And you know that, that what I do in Philadelphia and stuff, and which I just got a call from him, by the way. I hadn't talked to him in three months. No Jake's way. Alive, by the way, yeah. If you want to yeah. look up the Jake story, you can look up the jakestory.com. But, but when you hang around with, 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 with people that literally only have the shirt on their own back, um, it's, it's incredibly grounding. And when you start to appreciate the country that we live in, and you start to realize you're living in an, in a, in an abundance uh, an abundance, a variety, an environment of abundance. And I, I it's funny, I, I stumble over words because you, you, were, you said about how much money I used to make in the house. I used to stutter in that. And I actually, it was actually an advantage. It wasn't a disadvantage because people would hang on your every word. And people look at it, geez, how can you be an in-home salesperson stuttering? I'm like, you know what? It, it, it was actually, it, it made you ration your voice and it made them talk more than you. So there was no verbal diarrhea of the mouth for me because I, was, I used to stumble over words and stutter all the time. But that being said, to get back to your question, if you can find something that you're passionate about, somebody, something, and, and the charities we do are not per se, not the United Ways of the world. And I'm not saying anything bad about United Way, but we like to, to, to see who we are giving and helping out, you know? And, it, it helps in like last, it, it rubs off on our employees. We, we do these Zoom meetings every day now. And, and last week, Kara, she works in construction. She told me that she took in an 11 year old girl and I lived on a street. And I'm like, why'd you take an 11 year old girl? 
her parents, her mom actually was a COVID-19 nurse. She comes home after a 12-hour shift, they stay medical, house on fire. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. So she, and you said, you told me, yeah, she's actually, I'm, I'm washing their clothes right now. And I said, where are they living? They live in a hotel. Well, we immediately got on, on, on the website, put up Yankee Heroes, got TV crews over here, and their GoFundMe page went through the roof. It, it's, it's, that's, it doesn't take much to do that, but the mindset is now TV crews come to us if somebody's gotten ripped off by, by a contract or whatever. So now we get, we get John, John, we talk about John again, he's, he, he texted me when he's seen the last news. We're on the news all the time. He's like, I can't get the news people to come here at all. Like, we get them to come all the time simply because if you help people out, they're hurting, and now, now automatically these people pick up the phone and go, oh, Yankee will help, Yankee will help with that. Well, guess what? Your business will grow because of that. We were on, we were on uh, WMAS a couple of weeks ago giving away a, a Navy uh, on air live this, this Navy vet, she had been nominated, and it, it was just so nice to hear her voice. She couldn't, she's in a wheelchair, can't get into a, into a tub. We can help with that. And, and, you know, it doesn't take that much. And it's just so rewarding. And you know what? From a business perspective, you're known for that now. Yeah. And the sales guys were in the home. That, that, so, so. But when, when something, <clears throat> but Jer. Yes, bro. Something happened with, by the way, everybody that's listening, I talk about profit, profit, profit all the time, making money. Uh, the only way that you can benefit society is, is not by being a martyr, but by becoming rich. Because oh, when you become rich, it gives you the ability to have the time to go and do these other pursuits and the money and the level head because you know, the Jake story, which by the way, go to the website, thejakestory.com and check out what we're talking about. This is a homeless guy that, that uh, Jer befriended and there's a whole big story there and it's really cool. But you can do things like that only when you have financial, some level of financial security. And your financial security, by the way, comes from you're running your business by the fundamentals. That's why your business is, is working. But I'm going to go back to the question again. I'm going to say to you, <laughs> what changed? Something in your mindset changed. It wasn't only, okay, so you had the desire, you wanted to help people. But All right, I'll give you, you have to help else. yourself first. We, we, we switched from a sales-oriented company to a profit-oriented company. I did go to a seminar, you probably never heard of it, called Accelerate. And at that Accelerate, we, we found out about a system called EOS. Yeah. This, our company was always kind of seat-of-the-pants organization. Everything revolved around me. And, uh, you know, I was fine with it because I love work. I mean, you're talking to me now, I'm at my desk. So um, I'm here, we worked all the way through the pandemic. Um, I, I love it, but it's not a way to make money because you're constantly trying to increase sales, increase sales, increase sales, and the business revolves around the owner. Never sellable company, and um, you're, just, you're just always going to be chasing the tap. So found out about EOS, started putting some of the systems in place, started having level 10 meetings. Everything was about profit, profit, profit. You turned me on to, I think, the book called Profit First. That was a great book. And we started shifting from sales-oriented to let's focus on the bottom line. Let's focus on systems. And I wasn't so much as we, 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 we ended up growing in 19 
20 something percent, but it was growth. And I've had some years where we grew over 50%, but guess what? I had no money in the bank. But it was all about now, what's the bottom line? All decisions were made on what's best for you, not best, not best for the individual. So we focused on, so focus on profit, focused on giving back. And we also focused on company culture and making this a pleasant environment where people would want to stay. I talked earlier about a marketing person leaving, but that was rare. We normally have employees, we have employees here that have been with us over 10 years. So we try to double down on that. And, but we have a long way to go. This Yankee yardstick we talked about, and that was, I opened up a workbook while I'm sitting here alone in my 22,000 square foot building. And I went back over, what can I do to improve the company? Yeah. And I, I, we, we talked about earlier on before the call about Jay Abraham. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Jay Abraham on the way into work. I'm listening to Jay Abraham on the way back. We came up with some, some concierge pro- protocols. I'm opening up my workbook from Accelerate. I'm, I'm, oh, you know what? The Rich Carlton thing. I want to get that going. I, I, all of these good ideas you get at these seminars and you never put them into action. So the, the pandemic was an opportunity to get better. And, so, uh, but getting back to your question, I would yeah, say- Yeah, getting back EOS, to my question. EOS By the way, Accelerate is, is our event. Jared's, you know, nice enough to bring it up, but you didn't say whose event it was. Cool. Look at those workbooks. Okay, but you didn't you didn't answer the question. Yes, so I, I think that so if I can read between the lines. Go ahead. Uh, let me ask you this. Did clarity play into this? Of Did course. you start to get clear about hey, in order for me to really live the way that I want to live, I need X amount of dollars for my lifestyle. I need X amount of dollars for my future wealth. Yeah. I need to retire X amount of dollars in debt. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, the thing is, I think people think that people, you'd look at Jer and, and, and the, God, I hate to use this word, but the ignorant person will say, well, Jer got lucky. No, Jared did not get lucky oh. unless you call, you know, coming to America with 80 bucks and living in a car for six months and busting your house for years and years and years and years and as an in-home salesperson and then going into business for yourself and then having the ups and the downs and all of that. No, it was not. No, you could say lucky. maybe there was, you were unlucky. I mean, I had, I had, you know, some of the things I had, a, I had a hire that, yeah. um, literally tried to put me out of business. Yeah. It was a sales manager that stole half my sales crew, my entire database, and went around to all my vendors, told them I'm going out of business. Um, literally the worst nightmare of any owner. You, yeah. you pray you never hire this type of person. And I hired him. So yeah, you, you, I wouldn't not say, look, it was, it was based on, you're right, clarity. When yeah. you started to see things and reverse engineer back, what do I want out of this business? And then reverse engineer and how what do I need to to put in place to make this a reality? So yeah. you're right, there was clarity. Which by the coincidentally, you know, for those of you that don't have the seven secrets book yet, the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor, secret number one is just that, getting clear about what it is that you want. And then the second piece of that is, okay, well, now let's design a business around what you want. And I think over the last two or three years, with the help of EOS, you know, these are just tools, right? Something changed in you in order for the tools to become available to you 
and then you went and executed the tools, right? Because if you don't open your mind to it, the, the, the stuff that you need is all around you, yeah. but you're not going to be able to see it. And so once you gain that clarity, now it's like, okay, well now, oh, this tool shows up and now let's execute and let's implement on, on the tool. So, and, and, you know, now in this time, and again, you know, we're, we're, this is going to be released mid-year and it'll be interesting to see where we're at, you know, in the summer with all of this. But to me for this year, clarity on what it is that we want, what we want to accomplish and not giving up. You know, yesterday I I was telling somebody this, I was on the phone with somebody yesterday. I had a moment and I hadn't had one in a really long time. I had a freak out moment. It's like, oh my God, you know, this is happening and that's how, and I recognized it. Whereas years ago, when I was younger, it would just, it would run into this thing for three or four days and it would ruin me, right? I recognized it and I stopped and I did the whole gratitude, you know, this is, I shifted the focus and I said, wait a minute, don't give up on what you still want for this year. There was a plan, you know, maybe we won't hit the exact plan, but hey, I'm not going to go doom and gloom and say all of a sudden now I'm going to go from, you know, level you know, this level to minus, yeah. you know, 80% of that level. Forget that. Anyway. Last week, we, we surpassed, you know, we obviously we, we were down because of the pandemic, but we've just now caught up and surpassed. 2019 was a great year for us. And yeah. 20 will be an even better year because now we've managed to, to catch up and surpass where we were at this time last year. Yeah. But you're right about thinking. I'm, I'm bringing all my salespeople back one by one. And the last person back, he was a 29-year-old, came in yesterday. And he's literally been watching Hold Up. He was only out of his house one time. He's been watching MSNBC for 24 hours straight oh, God. every day. You you know? you so he came in yesterday, really nice guy. And then he came in with a, obviously a hospital mask on. He had a construction mask over the hospital. Can you believe yeah. that? Never thought I'd see that. Yeah. So What, what um, happens when you listen to MSNBC? There you go. So um, he's going to start back again and relatively shortly, uh, Monday. But the pandemic definitely has screwed people's heads up. But yeah. you're, you're right. It, it, there's a paradigm shift at some point. You just get tired of making the same mistakes. What is the, 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 the line of insanity is continue to do the same thing over and expect a different result? Eventually you change and eventually you understand that the business is there to provide an income for the owner. And... There are tools out there. Your book, for example, if someone was to read that book and actually implement it, rather than doing it the way some of the mistakes I did, you simply listen to people that have already done it, know how to do it, and replicate. I don't know if there was a specific moment, Brian. I know you keep redirect, rephrase and redirect um, asking me, and I I appreciate that. I don't know if there was a moment, but um, I do think that there was a... There was a, um, and you were kind enough to, to, you know, when I, when I was going through some of my cash flow issues back in 17, I was supposed to go to your seminar, didn't go. And that was a mistake. You know, I went the following year and learned about all of this mindset and growth mindset and, and EOS. And we, 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 when I go to your seminar, we actually implement, it might take me a while, but I'll implement all of them yeah. and implement as much as I can. And that was a phenomenal year. And you go to one of these seminars and you wish where, where, where was this when I started, you know, yeah. um, but, but the advantage people have over 
over people like me that started when the, all this information wasn't out there is it's out there now. You have no excuse. The books are there. The seminars are there. The people that have succeeded are out there. So why bang your head against the wall trying this out and trying that out and asking people their opinion on what you're doing? Why not just replicate the people that are succeeding in the first place? Right. So at that seminar, the beginning of, of the year, when we, you, you have yours in January, February, there was, a, there was a, a bit of a mindset and we were excited and wanted to change. And we did change based on the, on the information that I learned there. It's like, you know, you, you spend $10 on a book to get a $100,000 idea. Right. And, and sometimes people won't spend the 10 bucks, you know, but there's $100,000 in that book. Why yeah. don't you, you know? Yeah. Well, Jared, we've, uh, we could keep going. <laughs> Which would be kind of fun, but I have a TV commercial to shoot. Today. You have a TV commercial to shoot, and we will. You will come back again, and we will have more stuff to talk about. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for for doing this. You know, I appreciate you. And and I talked about mentors. I talked about Joe Tolman. I consider you one of my mentors, and I've gained a lot from you. And over the years, you have helped me. Sometimes I've heard stuff from you and I have not implemented it. And I have, I have, it's always cost me. And, and over the years, you, you and Addie have been a pleasure to know, to be friends with, and you do have an abundance of information and you, you know, and, and, and you can help people and you've certainly helped me. So sometimes if I don't say that enough, I, I'm saying it now. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. So I would say you got me speechless. You got me speechless, Jer. It's uh, I don't I don't I don't take that stuff. I don't take that stuff well. But thank you. I, I that's very kind of you. All right, everybody. So look, if you don't have a copy of the Seven Secrets book, you could still go get a copy of that at thewealthycontractor.com. I just ask you to pay shipping and handling. And I think you'll like it. And there's other stuff at thewealthycontractor.com as well. So go check it out. Jarrett, thank you again. And to everybody listening, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And until next time. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. And finally, we started The Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing. Group.